0: And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And this is Let the Good Crumbs Roll. You had made this very nice. Sp- spreadsheet calendar calendar for what we were gonna do and yeah. i seem to have lost it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i still have it somewhere i need I even like, took a copy i even took into account like when we would need to double up recording because i'd be out of town or we'd have yeah. other things but i mean that kind of got i need to you hell. to
0: resend it to me yeah because um i got a little distracted like i was well i needed to earlier. continue it anyway because i think i only
1: went through october anyway so okay
0: which I don't... Did we cover any in October that was on your uh, list? Like a
1: couple. A couple. But okay. we had to like improvise a few times because we were sick.
0: Mm-hmm. Kids got
1: sick. I was out of town. Yeah. But we're both back. Yeah. We're both seemingly healthy at the moment. So. Yeah. Who knows? I'm a little scraggly in the throat, but it's, <laughs> I'm like dragon it's today. But me too. I, I was at a wedding oh. last night and I had a couple glasses of wine, so that oh, might be that why. Got married. My cousin Holland. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Congratulations to Holland. What's what's her husband's name? Mason. Mason. He's a I sweetie. See that. And it, it was a beautiful. She was absolutely gorgeous. I was obsessed with her dress. It was Where, was it out in Clinton? No. So they got married in Zachary at Saint okay. John's, and then they had their reception at Forest Grove. Forest
0: Grove. Where's Forest Grove?
1: didn't you get married there in denim yeah i think i did (laughs)
0: that was the first one that doesn't count was that the name of where i got married yes i tried to block that one out yeah Yeah. i'm pretty sure that was it okay (laughs) i mean i got married in vegas sarah (laughs) the one that doesn't count you know that one (laughs) 20 years ago yeah (laughs) <laughs> that is a nice place though um, yeah. They could no, have it was- done it at that Bennett barn Right there that's right there Is that still what it is though? Because yeah. I think it's changed hands several times Have you passed by there? It's like right in the curve before you turn to go mm-hmm. to my parents You can like oh. see oh, it now there's a big sign Oh no I thought
1: you were talking about something else And Like the one in Zachary
0: Mm-mm. Oh no there's- I didn't know that this existed What is it? It's it's a, an event A place where they do events <gasps> It's called the, the Bennett barn Okay Okay and we'll take your royalties now, Bennett Barn. Okay. <laughs> well, that's adorable. Okay. Yeah. But if you're coming up, um, if you're coming up going towards my parents' house on Jor, uh-huh. right in that curve. Yeah. It's right there on the right. Oh. You can see it. There's a sign. You can, it's a really pretty big barn. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Look up the, I think it's called the Bennett Barn. Don't quote me on that. It might, it might be <laughs> the Beckett Barn. I don't know. <laughs> It's, it starts with a B something alright well they don't have to give us royalties just yet unless <laughs> we can't remember straight. their name exactly <laughs> so like I was telling Sarah um, this one uh, I was taking a nice beautiful nap and I woke up and I was like hmm, Josh Makowitz what is that you're saying <laughs> And of course, there was a new episode of Dateline that was on. This is season 31. Goodness yeah. gracious. Episode four is called A Cool Desert Morning. It is an insane story. And it kind of, you kind of have this conversation of does justice, how does justice work if you're really rich versus really poor? Mm-hmm. Very and differently. It's a, yeah. It's a total example of that. Uh So, but we'll get into it. And, and so we're going to start, we are in... Henderson, Nevada, which is an affluent uh, suburb of Las Vegas. This was the home to psychologist Brent Dennis and his wife, a lawyer named Susan Winters. Now, when we went for my wedding to Vegas, my brother, who is like, how would we describe him? He likes to ride his bikes in the mountains and let his hair flow free. Yeah, he's
1: athletic. Always has been.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, he wanted to go, because apparently Nevada is not just Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, There are other things there. There's, like, mountains out there and stuff. So, we drove, I guess, maybe 30 minutes to an hour outside of Vegas. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely gorgeous. Like, who knew? You You did that? Yeah. During during that trip? trip, Yeah. We squeezed all of our butts in a Toyota Corolla. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. Wait, so you went with your mom, dad, Cody, it was
0: mom, dad, me, and Derek, and Cody. Okay. And we only went because we happened to run into them. They're mm-hmm. like, Where are y'all going? And they're like, Out. My dad's like out, to the, out into the desert somewhere. <laughs> and uh, that's, because
1: that's but, a Ronnie description
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> and it ended up being gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. I was really happy we hopped in. Now, my brother's idea of like a cool ride and mine are different. I like suffocated in the back seat of the car. <laughs> But once we got out there, it was really, it was gorgeous. I was Mm -hmm. glad I went. Just that little aside there. (laughs) So in January of 2015, it was around six in the morning, Brent Dennis calls 911. Uh, He's in a panicked voice and he reports that his wife is not breathing. He hands the phone over to his oldest daughter, who is 15. Her name is Allie. While she is talking to the 911 operator, Brent is administering CPR. Paramedics arrive and they take over. And Brent begins to tell the paramedics that his wife, she had just seen depressed lately and she had threatened to kill herself. Paramedics were able to get a pulse and then she started breathing, but she still wasn't conscious. She's rushed to the hospital and Brent calls his father-in-law, explains that Susan attempted to commit suicide. Susan's parents were just in complete and utter shock. Their daughter lived a plane ride away from them. They were in Oklahoma. So they couldn't just jump in their car and ride up to the hospital. The two decided to wait to hear from either Brent or their granddaughter to get more information. And when the phone call never came, they headed towards the airport to head to Henderson. At the hospital, doctors were able to get a pulse and had Susan breathing pretty steadily. But a CAT scan revealed the tragic news. There was swelling around her brain. Brent called Susan's parents who were in the airport at the gate. And he tells them that the prognosis is not good. Her parents just decide to wait for Brent. Now, I want to reiterate, these parents are very involved parents. Mm -hmm. They're not, they are going by what he's telling them. So it's not like they're just not taking it serious. They're just like, we don't know what to do. Right. And they're waiting to hear from him. So within a few hours of finding her, the decision was made by Brent to take her off of life support. They said she was completely unrecognizable. She was fully bloated and unfortunately she did succumb to her her injuries. Susan's parents described Susan as just this wonderful daughter who always did her best and this was seconded by her big brother Chris. She was an honor student. She was the homecoming queen. She was a star athlete in all of these sports. She had all of these friends. She was very pretty. She was a pretty girl. In the 8th grade, she met Brent Dennis. He was the star quarterback of her school's football team. The only problem was he was a senior so that means he was 18 she was 14 they were oh, not dating. Okay. She just met him. Oh okay. And she had a crush on him and they emphasized the parents did everyone said they did there there was no dating. She just told one of her friends, I'm going to marry him one day. Mm -hmm. Obviously that that didn't happen just yet. So Brent went on to graduate from high school and went on to college and he became a psychologist in San Diego. Susan graduated from high school and she became a lawyer in Las Vegas. Both got married and divorced and by the early 90s, a mutual friend connected the two of them and a romance blossomed. Brent didn't really know her. They were from the same town, same high school, but obviously she was four years old years younger and she just remembered him because she had a crush on him. They decided to settle down in Henderson and I don't know if I mentioned they they did end up getting married. Mm -hmm. They had two daughters. They had Allie and they had Danny. Not only were the dentists financially successful from their own careers but Susan's family owned more than 100 restaurant franchises which added a comfortable security blanket to the family. Yeah like one of them was Sonic. They had a bunch wow. of Sonics. And every month, Susan received monthly profits from four of the restaurants. So they were very, very, from the outside, it looked like they were very financially secure. I mean, they just mm-hmm. had this picturesque life. Brent and Susan were a beautiful couple. They're daughters were just gorgeous. In 2012 though, unknown to anyone, the two just separated and all Susan told her parents was that she loved Brent and wanted to make the marriage work, but it just wasn't. The two agreed to share their daughters who were 13 and 10 at the time. One week when the girls were at their dad's house, her sister-in-law stopped by to visit and she said that Susan was noticeably depressed, which would, I mean, when you're going through a divorce and your kids are with the other parent, like uh, there's, that's a loneliness that just echoes that you Mm-hmm. Get to unecho until they come back. So, this isn't funny, and I'm not trying to make light of it. But Susan's brother Chris tells us that she decided to end it all. She went into the garage, sat in her car, you know, turned the engine on, and just waited for the carbon monoxide to overtake her. But then it kind of got cold, <laughs> and she decided to go back inside. It was too cold to die that day thank god <laughs> that's something i would do <laughs> just like oh it's a little bit too cold to be doing this but I'm my thing back is, why do you tell about your attempted suicide and say but it was too cold to die that night so <laughs> like i'm gonna wait till the summer comes so i can be a little more comfortable in my co- in my death you know it's not suicide is not funny by any no, means but no but just the i'm like how did you know did she tell you this <laughs> it was too cold she admitted this to you <laughs> Like Lord, yeah, it just cold a few in those degrees, yeah. yeah, a little bit. When that happened, she des- decided to seek therapy and began taking medicine for anxiety and depression. And Susan's mom also convinced her to retain an attorney, draft divorce papers, and present them to Brent. It has to be said that uh, there was no love lost between the Winters family, Susan's family, mm-hmm. and Brent. They couldn't stand really. They couldn't Is, stand each other. Was this?
1: prior to the divorce no. proceedings? they or? just
0: said he was incredibly arrogant. He They thought it, this before they yes, up? Okay. Yeah, they never really cared for him. Okay. He was just super arrogant. And when you tried to talk to him, he'd give like, yes, no answers. I hate mm-hmm. that. I hate when I'm trying to talk to you and you just say yes or no. Like if I went through the process <laughs> of coming up with a question... <laughs> Can you at least come up with one as well for every question I have? I need you to reciprocate that yeah.
1: with another one. That's why you have to ask open-ended questions and let the other person do the talking.
0: Well, you're like, Oh, this is some weather will happen, Huh? <laughs> yep. Okay. What are your thoughts on the weather? Do you think it's going to stay like this? Or you think, what, what do you think? Cause I'm not, I'm, terrible at conversation
1: no you're not oh my no, gosh no I, no i'm good with you i'm no, good with no. people i know i have seen you with people you don't know you're like well, one of those give me a reason to
0: say you something. are like
1: one of those people where it just seems like it comes naturally to you really oh, yeah that's no. why i just let I you do so the talking
0: awkward a lot of times
1: <laughs> Oh, no. just because i can't i don't like silence well you don't come off that way so oh well
0: good okay Faith oh see that's
1: good. the difference between you. you don't like silence and i'm completely comfortable with silence
0: Oh, so if me and you walk onto an elevator with people, it's going to be a totally different... By the end of yep. it, I'm going to like know their name. You are going to know from. everything
1: about them. I'm just going to be like, great job. Yeah. High five. <laughs> I'm
0: on the second <laughs> floor.
1: You just press the two just right let back. me off right now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the where y'all from. And uh, they look at me like,
1: girl that's like my mom my mom like mom when i too. need to when i need to be like a people person i just channel what my mother would do yeah and do that you just ask those questions yep.
0: and i do mean those questions i yeah. genuinely do care where you were born <laughs> do you sure <laughs> sure yeah they didn't like him um and it wasn't for any particular one thing they could it's just like a vibe they got from him yeah. like something like the, it, yeah like, and, and the thing was, is like he was a psychologist, so he like went through, got his PhD, and what what they said was he worked with trauma victims, mm-hmm. and he worked with them. So you know he had his own resources, but like she was the gravy train yeah. between her the family money she had coming in and her job as an attorney. Yeah, he lived. He just bolstered this like very lavish lifestyle, but it was all from her. It was from her. Yeah, yeah, and the family just like sit down and mm-hmm. shut up you know that's just kind of their yeah. attitude or act like you appreciate a little bit of the fact that we opened up 600 um sonics yeah. you know just go get go get you a route 44 <laughs> and act like you're proud to be a part of the family. Okay. <laughs> it was one of those things where they did try and talk her into getting a divorce. But when Susan presented the divorce papers, Brent's like, I don't want a divorce. I mean, and so they reconciled and they got back together. This was in 2012. From the outside, it looked like life kind of went back to normal mm-hmm. until that day in January of 2015 when she, when she died. Brett made the decision, like I said earlier, to Take her off off of life support. She was 48 years old and she did pass. And the one thing that kind of stood out to me in that is why wouldn't you wait till like her family got there? Well, that was going to be
1: my question. Did he wait until no. the parents got there? That's a red flag for me. Right. Because it was a very quick... If you know how close the parents are like mm-hmm. to their daughter. Yeah. And you're making this life ending decision. You, yeah. you need to wait. That's common yeah. sense, common courtesy.
0: That was my understanding is that they... He made that yeah. decision if I watch me say that. Like, if don't sue us. Okay. If I got it wrong, <laughs> but I feel like that was part of the, the red flag was, mm-hmm. you know, cause, <laughs> what's that show where she's like, Oh, Ricky Bobby, where she's like, <laughs> go ahead and take him off life support. <laughs> like he doesn't have life threatening injuries though. <laughs> He's not on life support. I want to go ahead and pull the plug. (laughs) I said, that's something. (laughs) I'm going to do it to Derek. When he thinks when he's in the hospital one day, doctor, why don't you go on and pull the plug on him? (laughs) He's here for a broken toe. Yeah. (laughs) so with Susan's death law enforcement got involved and detective Chad Mitchell was assigned to the case he's not here to interview in, mm-hmm. in our show he started with Brent a psychologist who specialized in helping people deal with trauma like I said and he did tell the officer that he his wife was suicidal I mean if anyone would know it would be him I mean yeah. he's a psych- psychologist or whatever Brent said during the day Susan had been drinking um, she was mixing her meds with the drinking and arguing about the state of their marriage Susan accordingly to Brent flew into a rage. It got so bad that their daughters left the house for a nearby shopping center. Brent picked them up later that evening, came home to find that his wife was asleep in bed and discovered some strange internet searches on how to commit suicide via antifreeze. I mean, don't you find it odd if you're a cop and you show up and he's like look my wife was so suicidal and you know I clicked this mouse and this story came up about killing yourself <laughs> how to do it how long it takes <laughs> oh and by the way here's two things of antifree like it was, was just very
1: convenient nobody thought to look into this a little bit deeper so they didn't look into it any deeper
0: no they just took his word oh. for it yep an autopsy did confirm that Susan had lethal amounts of antifreeze and oxycodone in her body. And so her death was ruled a suicide and the case was closed. Mm-hmm. There was no investigation done into well, this. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, from the moment I heard that, I'm like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> but the Winter fa- Winters family was like, uh, no, nobody kills themselves with antifreeze. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's like a long,
1: tedious. Drawn out process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's not. Apparently, drinking antifreeze isn't like instant death. No, it's days. Yeah, it it's takes days. days of, of, and you would have known that beforehand, like that your yeah. wife drank antifreeze.
0: Yeah, like she'd have been sick for yeah. days. So it really, so really, you—it's the oxycodone that would have killed her. Yes. And we'll learn more about that towards the end of it, which Susan also had a lot of plans for the upcoming year, including becoming the family business's legal counsel. Uh, Her brother had already booked flights and made hotel arrangements for, they had planned vacation. The winner's parents, Susan's brother and his wife, they all flew to Nevada and booked a hotel. Brent, Allie and Danny, all who were declaring Susan's death, a suicide, they come to the hotel and it's like, it's just, it's just very odd behavior Mm -hmm. in the, the daughters are just talking about how their mom killed themselves and the family's just like we don't know this y'all are all saying this like I mean we need to look further into this something's not right about this so Brent told Susan's brother that she was drunk and acting crazy the hours leading up to her death but no one believed what Brent was telling them and my thing too is this like so you have this family they weren't present leading up to her death like why are you just bashing her mm-hmm. to them I mean, yeah like you're trying to build this case to make yourself look a certain way yeah but to make her look really bad I mean the woman's dead. Let's mm-hmm. let's honor her death and not bash her and yeah. say this is all her fault. So the lines at this point were just completely drawn. You had Brent and his daughters on one side and you had the Winters family on the other side. A few days after the funeral, Brent gave Susan's things away to all of her friends, just cleared their house out. Which is weird. Yeah. It's this weird, it's very strange. And it led to a fight between Avis, who was Susan's mom and Brent and Brent kind of gaslit her and made her feel like crap for basically attacking the way that he was processing his grief. Mm-hmm. And so she apologized to him. And it's like, no, this is I don't know. I'm like, that's, don't apo- I hate that's when people apologize
1: when they shouldn't. What a narcissist does to you. Right.
0: The family decided to start with the Henderson Police Department. And they were no help. They were like, y'all are just grieving parents. Y'all need to let this go. Y'all need to process that your daughter committed suicide. We're really sorry. But this case is closed. We're not reopening it. Then they went to every law enforcement agency they went to the Attorney General's office. They went to everybody and nobody would help them. They decided to come together and find the truth on their own. And so they hired out to a guy named Jim Perry. He is a former FBI supervisor who now worked as a um, private investigator. And he looked at the case and he kind of was like, I don't know if I could really help them, but I'll try. So he began surveilling Brent Dennis uh, and he discovered that Brent was living a, a, a completely different life. Brent and the Winters family, they really had a sorted history and it's like i said earlier they just didn't like each other mm-hmm. they had requested to have susan's funeral in oklahoma because that's where the whole family was that's where she was from nope he did it in nevada and then so they decided to hold a vigil for her in, in oklahoma and to their complete shock brent showed up not that he wasn't invited but it's like he made a big old stink about her being buried in nevada and then he now he's gonna fly to a vigil for her in oklahoma it mm-hmm. just it was just weird. and But meanwhile, in Nevada, Brent had no idea that he was being surveilled. Most of Brent's day was fairly ordinary on most days, except when he was going to this older cons- uh, casino called the Orleans. He would go up the elevator. He would stay there for about five to six minutes and then he'd come back down and he'd leave. So it's like, okay, we'll see like hookers, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and the woman's like, not in six minutes. It ain't gonna <laughs> be, yeah. He needs a little more, little more time than that. So they just, it's just really strange like okay mm-hmm. why are you going here and it's it's sometimes it'd be two times a week sometimes it'd be twice a day it was just mm-hmm. very frequent and we see some of the actual footage because apparently there was some documentary they were filming during this time about susan winters death yeah and i don't know what documentary is for i, I was kinda gonna to say look it up. well
1: that's interesting
0: it is so we have actual footage of the people surveilling him and, and following him mm-hmm. so back in oklahoma the winters family spent Hours pouring over thousands of documents from police, finan- you know, financial documents, but they were pretty limited on what they could actually look at because a lot of things you have to get like subpoenaed, or I mean, there's a lot of things you're just not privy to mm-hmm. if you're a, a private person. So after six months, there wasn't much progress made. So they hired a guy by the name of Tony Scro. He is a criminal defense attorney in Vegas. He also is in a, a rock band that sings all rock songs in Italian.
1: Oh, never heard of something like that. Very okay. random,
0: yeah. But he's he's a criminal defense attorney and it, it was this odd situation because he was hired to build a case against Brent. So it's like he almost had to take a prosecutor role. So surveillance of Brent was increased at the Orleans Casino where one of the PIs followed Brent and the mystery man. So there was another guy that Brent was always with. Him and this guy would go to this casino. They'd go upstairs upstairs. But nobody knew where they were going or what they were doing. So one day, one of the PIs, she was a female. This was her very first case. She hopped on the elevator with him. This is so smart. It really is. But this is where like talking to people would go in handy. She waited for him to press his button and she said, oh, same floor.
1: I mean, like if I had the same object, if I had an objective... I yeah. can totally talk
0: to people. <laughs> could you see like he goes depressed it and you're like, you go first and I'll let you know. <laughs> like, I would panic. That, there's so many different ways that could go wrong. <laughs> I would panic. Yeah. I guess it wasn't one of those things where you can just stand on the bottom floor and watch which yeah. one it stops on. You know? Yeah. That would they- make sense. They don't. Or on the what bottom where it says one two three four yeah. five six. 2, Nobody thought to do that. Yeah, that's funny. It was an old one. So maybe they just
1: didn't know. But So she was Is able... there like, I guess there was no surveillance on these floors either where they could have just looked <laughs> yeah. to see yeah. what room they were going into.
0: Right. Like they made a big deal about them finding out this room yeah. number, but there was like literally a thousand ways yeah. to find out. That's so funny. Yeah. Or you could have asked him. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Um, I What floor would you be going to? I uh, I need to clean <laughs> a bedroom. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so they discover the floor and the room number and they're able to get the name of Jeff Crosby, who is a convicted drug dealer. Mm-mm-mm. And Brent and Jeff were always together. But so this is my question. Were they, was he living there? I guess that's why you know. they're always going there. They said he's always there. That's interesting.
1: Maybe that's just where the business deals went down. Maybe so.
0: So it just posed this question. Was Brent a drug addict? Um, No offense, but look at him. Yes, <laughs> clearly.
1: I don't know what he looks like. So he, he he looked bad off. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He looks
0: rough. But does that prove that he killed Susan? Uh, the PIs in the Winters family started to zone in on the couple's financials. And it was there that they noticed that there was a check that was written just a couple days before Susan's death, but cashed after she died. Like literally a day after she died. Mm-hmm um in the amount of $180,000. So Susan had a checking account that just had her name on it. Right. There was a check made out to Brent, it was Brent Dennis and Susan Winters for their mutual account. Uh-huh. So somebody wrote a check out to move money that was in Susan's personal account to their their mutual, mutual. account. Okay. And it was cashed within days of her dying. Oh, and dear. the family was just like, okay, This check doesn't look like the handwriting is just different all over it. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like somebody wrote a check and then somebody else wrote in the amount. It was just odd. They gave the check to Tony, who was their attorney, to look into it. Brent was also the beneficiary to a $1 million life insurance policy. And the first thing he did, like the first hour after she died, was he called in and made a claim on her insurance. I mean, that's what we're all thinking when our our significant other dies. Is, <laughs> does anybody have the number to the life insurance? <laughs> okay, I'll just Google it. It's fine. That's the first thing he did. So it's like, okay, well, that's odd. Then he also inherited her stock in the family business. Um, so the family was like, oh, hell no. I was going to say
1: that would... Drive me nuts I would not like that at all
0: Her dad um, Susan's dad's like I'm not sending him anything else To snort up his nose (laughs) And I was like Well said Well said I think his name was Danny Well said So they bought him Out of his shares They paid him $700,000 To buy him out of his shares Mm -hmm. So in total, he made $2 million off of her death. Wow. Yeah. Well, the next step was to file a wrongful death lawsuit. And the reason for this wasn't to get money, it was to prove that Brent was involved in Susan's death. Like when you file that, there's discovery mm-hmm. obviously involved. So that helps them get access to more evidence that they just can't get outside of, of uh, some sort of legal way. Mm-hmm. Brent apparently was completely broke due to an illegal drug problem. As soon as Susan died, like I said, he called and cashed in on everything he could to get the money. And clearly there was a forged check out there where he took money from her private account and put it in one he had access to. Mm -hmm. So during a break between cases, you've got attorney Tony who's doing his regular day job. He's a criminal defense lawyer. He goes into court and he's arguing against this guy by the name of Mark DiGiacomo. He's the prosecutor. So in between these heated cases, hops over to him and goes, Hey, you got a minute to talk? I kind of want to show you some stuff. I just thought it was like the timing was weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're enemies for like an hour and then y'all are Yeah, And DiGiacomo just tells him, look, pull the cell phone records. You can get that subpoenaed. But there's a part of the cell phone records that you have to specifically request. And that's what Tower was used to make the phone call. Mm Mm-hmm. Which most people don't know that because like your regular records don't come with any of that. It just comes with who you called, who you messaged. Right. But you can request that. So that's what they did. And one of Tony's co-workers, Attorney Tony, reviewed Brent's version of events the night of Susan's death to cell phone records, like what he told the police versus what the cell phone records are saying, and mm-hmm. they didn't match up at all. Now, so according to police reports, per Brent, he fell asleep next to his wife and he woke up and she wasn't breathing next to him and he mm-hmm. called 911. This means his cell phone should not have moved between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Right. Right. But according to his cell phone records, uh, he was both calling and texting his drug dealer and around 1 a.m. he drove to the Orleans Hotel and came home. So he lied to police Mm -hmm. right out the gate. Next, they requested to look at the computer where the search for the death by antifreeze supposedly was. And it took several months of basically my dog ate my homework. I mean, like they just wouldn't pony it up. Then finally they said, well, you can come here. The attorney contacted Tony and said, well, you can come here and you can look at it so Tony and his expert goes to look at it and the hard drive had been completely smashed Mm -hmm. so Brent was then subpoenaed for a video deposition hot mess express is all I can say Uh, he looked terrible the depositions were held over seven months and it Included more than just Brent. He pulled in Henderson detectives, one of which admitted that the house was never processed. They took no evidence. They just took Brent's word for it and spent mm-hmm. a total of eighty-eight minutes on the case. That yeah. was and that includes drive time back and forth. Yeah.
1: Because if it's rule of suicide, they don't they really don't, process yeah. it as a crime scene.
0: But I don't understand how you can... How do you rule something a suicide if there's not... Yeah,
1: what's the process? Doesn't a coroner have to do that? Like, yeah. back at their lab or but something? But the coroner
0: bases it off of what the information, I believe, from the detectives is mm-hmm. and information from the body. So, okay, you know, but if the, that, if the does, detectives does that all... didn't dig into it... I would just think if you committed suicide, there's a full investigation. Yeah, it doesn't... We... But
1: that doesn't happen in, like, 88 minutes, though.
0: No. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was that kind of infuriated me. Mm -hmm. This kind of made me angry, too. And it really because I just feel so bad for their daughters. Mm hmm. Allie and Danny, who at this time are 14 and 16. Well, Allie is 16. Danny's 14. They are standing by their dad to the point where they are angry at their grandparents for yeah. doing this. Danny was was very quiet, but she doesn't speak to her grandparents. And she does vocalize in the deposition that she's mad that they're doing this to their dad. Their mom, yeah. they didn't know what it was like living with their mom. And their mom was very suicidal. But the one who was very outspoken about it was the 16-year-old Allie. One of the things that really bothered me was Tony... The attorney for the family said, Allie, if there was information that could prove that your mother did not die by suicide, she died at the hands of someone else, wouldn't you want to know that? Like, would you want to know if your mom took her own life or if she did not? And the 16-year-old was just like, that's not what happened. Mm. So to me, it's not evidence of anything. Yeah. I mean, like, like this poor girl, she's scared of losing both of her parents. Yeah. And she's in so much denial over the fact that her dad could have possibly been involved in her mother's death. So mm-hmm. to me, she's not a good witness. I just yeah. don't... To admit that, like, even if there was proof beyond a reasonable doubt, you know, for her to say nope because that's not, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll never believe that. Yeah. I
1: mean, for one, she's a 16 year old. Right. She's lost her mother. Yeah. Is in her father standing accused of murdering her mother. hmm. That's a lot to take on as a 14 right. and 16 year old.
0: You know? And you know two things can be true at once like he could have been a really good dad to those mm-hmm. girls and very involved in their life yeah he also could have been a drug addict who murdered their yep. mother I mean we yep. Both those of those two- things
1: could be true simultaneously exactly
0: so I, I mean and this is like I said this is coming from a 16 year old who is mm-hmm. who is going through a lot of trauma herself so then Brent was asked about uh, you know the $180,000 the forged check and he was like oh we were going to use that as a down payment but like n- he was just a mess through this whole thing and he couldn't he could remember anything his composure and his answers were just completely falling apart they decide to take a break between during the deposition Mm -hmm. and during the break the cameras are still rolling and after everyone had left brent picks up a picture of the hundred eighty thousand dollar check that's in question and when the deposition resumed they said did you go through our our evidence and he's like no why would i do that
1: And Tony Why the, would I do
0: that? Tony the attorney's like, Sir, you do know we continue to roll those cameras, right? Oh my right? gosh. And he was and, and he starts kind of laughing. He's like, Okay, busted. Oh my God. And then Tony's like, like, do you find this funny? <laughs> and I'm like, I-, I did find it funny that you caught him red-handed yeah. lying. That's so hysterical. Because it's crazy how easy it is for him to lie. And he's like, okay, I may have picked it up, you know, and looked at it, looked at what you had against me. So Brent said his marriage was great leading up to Susan's death, and that the day, de- <laughs> this is the funniest part. Of the whole thing. He starts bragging because he says the day before she passed, Susan and him consummated their marriage. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and that she had the trifecta. <laughs> Of big O's. Oh my God. And in that moment, Tony with a straight face said, All of the women stopped and said, Oh, he killed her because he's lying. <laughs> and honestly, I thought the same thing too. I'm like, You big fat liar. Nobody believes that.
1: Nobody believes Mm-mm.
0: that. Nope. <laughs> Maybe you had some sort of like delusion, but you know, <laughs> from all the drugs you were on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. all the women said lies okay. case closed lies. he's guilty <laughs> well the conversation goes back to brent's drug use and brent's attorney just stopped it he stopped the deposition because yeah. he said this my client is burying himself yeah a big getting one. out of hand the, actually, the attorney said, can we take a break? And they left and never came back. That's pretty, <laughs> I, I didn't know you could do that. No, position, I didn't either. Apparently, that's that's an option. So the winner's family and attorney Tony felt that Brent looked so bad that even his attorney shut it down. <laughs> the family took back what they had to the assistant, to Giacomo. I spelled it out so that I can like say it correctly. Yeah. And they wanted to get his opinion on the case. And he was still a little iffy on the case. But he said, look, I'll open an investigation on it. So he opened an investigation. He's the assistant district attorney which meant they would have access to even more stuff mm-hmm. and more people would probably be inclined to talk to him because he can he can have them come in under oath yeah. and give statements and more people are inclined to tell the truth and so right out the gate he starts interviewing people who know the couple and he said that this picture that emerged was that they were just a very dysfunctional couple he got a search warrant of brent's actual phone and he found multiple voice recordings of them fighting because he would brent would record their fight and Susan days before she died is saying I want a divorce mm-hmm. this isn't working He she was going to expose him for his, it was the drug use why because, was he recording their fight I guess he wanted evidence to hold it, or thinking maybe he would get something to hold over her head I don't know they huh. just said he was recording all of their fights yeah. and she also told friends that he had a drug problem he was going through their money like crazy and yeah. she wanted a divorce her exposing him of his drug use could cost him his license as a psychologist so it was a big deal for her to take that away because he, she could take away all of his money, yeah, like his ability to make money, yeah, and I mean, the money his, from the family, his
1: kids, yeah, you all know, of it. So he stands to lose everything
0: yes police discovered that when Susan supposedly lay dying Brent called the line to Susan's private bank to obtain the balance mm-hmm. of 180 he wanted to know how much was in there the 180 thousand dollars yeah the next day he pulled all of it out because he knew the moment that she passed her family would probably freeze all the bank accounts like he, yeah that's why he probably did everything as quickly as he could because he knew that if her family would probably open an, an investigation mm-hmm And not say oh okay she just killed herself yeah because if Susan went through with a divorce I mean he would have no way to finance his addiction problem right and that couldn't happen so DiGiacomo was ready to file murder charges and the only other problem was that he had to convince the coroner to change her manner of death from suicide to at very least unknown and so he pulled in a toxicologist her name was Dr. Stacy Hale and she says look medical examiners are not taught to look at toxicology reports she's like just like I'm not taught to do an all Autopsy. Mm-hmm. There should have been a toxicologist on here to cipher, cipher through what happened. And so what the toxicologist discovered was that the antifreeze didn't even, hadn't even metabolized into her body. Like long story short, it, it metabolizes and it becomes this toxic crystal. Mm-hmm. That's what kills you. And it does. It takes days to, because your body tries to get rid of much of the filth yeah. as it can, but it can't get rid of all of it. The guess of Giacomo is that he believes that Brent made her a drink because she loved margaritas. Mm-hmm. And he put antifreeze in it thinking that it w- it would kill her. Yeah. So when she laid down, she didn't die at all. She just fell asleep. But she mm-hmm. continued, she didn't stop breathing or anything. Yeah. She wasn't gurgling. There was no signs of death. So he Googles suicide by antifreeze. And that's where he discovers this takes days and a lot of it mm-hmm. for, for this to happen. I mean, it's not a quick death.
1: So he was not well informed before implementing the antifreeze no. technique. Okay, right.
0: He's another dumb person. (laughs) who didn't do
1: any research beforehand. Got it.
0: Go figure. Around 1 a.m., because what DiGiacomo is able to do is he's able to get in touch with the people that run the website and he's able to say, hey, what time did this IP address hit your server? Mm -hmm. And it was at midnight. Well, at midnight, there's no way she could have done that because according to the two girls in the police report and Brent, I think by 10 o'clock, she was sleeping. Yeah. There's no way. And, and they said she never got, she was passed out. Around 1 a.m., Brent calls his drug dealer. The toxicologist said one of the things that she thought was odd was that nowhere in any of the pictures, any of the police reports, did anyone locate an oxycodone pill bag or yeah. anything. It's like she just took a handful of oxys that she did not have a prescription for. hmm So she thought that was strange too. DiGiacomo believes that when she didn't die, he called his drug dealer and said, what can you give me? What do you have? And so he went to, according to his cell phone records, he went to the Orleans and he came back. It was very quick. It's like he waited until the moment she quit breathing and he called 911. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she wasn't dead. And then so it's like everything he tried to do is like, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, this doesn't work. So he tried. We go from plan A to plan B and now plan C is she's still alive. So he's just very bad at this. Yes. Okay. She's still alive. And he knows that if she wakes up, she's going to say, well, I didn't drink antifreeze. Mm-hmm. I didn't take oxycodone. And they will look straight at him. Yeah. So that's why there was enough damage done to her that he could justify taking her off life support mm-hmm. as quick as he did. Yeah. So that's why she was taken off of life support. Because of all of this, the manner of death was changed to undetermined, which is they could now move forward in the proceedings. In February of 2017, Brent Dennis was arrested for the murder of Susan Winters. He was officially charged. One week after that, he was bailed out. And of course, Brent's defense focused on Susan's mental health. You know, they were trying to convince everybody, you know, if it wouldn't have been that cold that night, she would have successfully killed herself. Mm -hmm. They also brought in, wanted to bring in the teenage girls to say living in this home, you know, she was suicidal. Nobody understands this. Once the court was, the case was brought into a, a criminal court, the civil case was just put on the back burner. yeah But it served its purpose. So once it was in the criminal court, it just kept being postponed and postponed and postponed. And then um in 2020, we have COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So everything shut down. So finally, seven years after she died, Mark DiGiacomo, the assistant DA, he received a phone call from Brent's attorney. And he says, look, if you were to offer my client a plea deal, what would it look like? Like, nobody thought this guy would go for a plea deal, because mm-hmm. if he pleads guilty, he will lose everything. Yeah, He will lose his license, everything. So the family all got together. The ADA and Brent's attorney agreed to the offered plea, saying that an offered plea is basically, you're not saying you're guilty, but you're saying, I know that you have enough evidence to convict to me convict if we went me. to court. Yeah. But it was on manslaughter. And in May of this year, Brent was sentenced to from three to 10 years of prison time. Susan's family is not happy about it. Yeah. They're angry. But at least there is some justice being served. At least it isn't a bunch of people saying, no, she committed suicide and y'all are just grieving parents that somebody actually took the time to look into this and did something about it. As far as I know, he is still in jail at the moment because he was just sentenced. I say that I don't know when it started, but I'm sure he won't be in there very long. Yeah. Him, his daughters, the Henderson PD, all of them, they all declined to be a part of any interviews. Yeah. Of course. And that's... That's the story of Susan Winters. That is a crazy one. It is. And at the very end, Josh Makowince makes a point to say, what would have happened if these people weren't didn't have the money to cover this? Yeah. This guy would just be walking around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's terrible. He would have gotten away with everything. Yeah. And I mean, he ain't going to live forever because if you look at him, you can tell drugs have just... He has yeah. aged so much. He is just riddled. I that mean, he looks terrible. Shame. And he's going to be broke again. I mean, because yeah. drug addicts can't You know, they can't keep money. He could have been out of money beforehand. You never know. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, after going to court, that's probably why he agreed to the offered plea. Yeah. He was just out of money. Yeah. Aw. Well, that's the story of Miss Susan Winters. It was, again, that was Dateline. That was a good one. It was a good one. It just yeah. the twists and the turns. We need to look at the calendar and see yeah, and get I'll back on rhythm.
1: I think Liv has my phone right now, but we have to find my calendar and mm-hmm. I'll edit it to the next few months. And so we can just yeah. pick up on some of those.
0: Well, we will be back next week pending um, another plague
1: breakout. Yeah. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm so tired of everybody. We haven't even hit cold and flu season.
0: I know. That's and the sad part. I have a scratchy throat. Like I woke up the other night with a scratchy. Through. I'm like, what is this? I know.
1: I'm sinusy. I'm just dragging today. I know. It's just, it's so
0: pretty. It's like, I, I should be outside
1: skipping, you know, it's or something. It's so pretty.
0: But no, but I'm actually about to go clean uh, my barn room <laughs> in there.
1: You got so many animals and I love it. I, I love know. coming over here, seeing all of them. Every time you come, there's a There's, new a, one. New one. there's a new one. <laughs>
0: It's ridiculous, but I might have to downsize some like, not, And none of them will ever die. Like, I mean, yes. I've got Zoe that's 13. It's because you take such good care of them. Well, she's completely blind.
1: I know. She's we were, completely deaf. We were driving up. She must not be completely blind and completely deaf because we were driving up, but she was looking straight at straight at us, but she didn't care because she kept walking towards us as I was driving no. like straight so toward her. like, is her. that
0: the light I've been waiting <laughs> she's for? <laughs> she's like, wait, no. what is this? It's an Acura. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No Poor baby <laughs> She's got skin problems This dog cost me so much money at the vet Poor baby
1: I have to bathe her
0: in this special stuff And it, then I have to spray her And she's like There's this show on um uh, um Oh shoot Apple Plus or uh-huh. Apple TV called C. It's got Jason Momoa in it It's so good Oh yeah But everybody in it's blonde And so like the whole movie They all got the sticks where they're like Walking <laughs> And every time I see Zoe, she walks like a blind person from that <laughs> a show. stick. Yeah. Like, I, you can't call her because she won't come. So I go walk up to her and I tap her butt and yeah. she'll smell my leg. And she fo- she like follows my leg with her nose. Yeah. That's
1: adorable. Yeah. Poor baby. But she's
0: still relatively healthy. Because yeah. I kind of, the vet was looking at me last time like, you you know, I thought it was a, you need to consider her quality of life. And I said, yeah. is this a quality of life talk? And she said, no, she's fine. <laughs> I said, oh, don't look at me like that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't put a dog down if they, you know, their quality know. of life is good. Right. She's just blind and
1: deaf and she still got some life in her. She does. Yeah. Like <laughs> I remember when you
0: got her. I know. Well, it's it's not funny, but like t- my other two dogs, they'll be barking and looking in the same direction. And Zoe's barking looking in the totally opposite direction. <laughs> Poor Zoe. I'm like, damn. Y'all at least just kick her with your paw
1: and tell her to look over here. But she needs a CNI dog. She does. You've seen like you've seen those videos and stuff where like a blind deaf dog has like a little companion dog mm-hmm. that like they tether them to and I they just lead that. them everywhere.
0: I do. I tried to one of these other two idiots. But she'd be dragged <laughs> down the street. Yeah, or like Roxy the rabbit. I like. I think Zoe can't make out, figure out like what that smell yeah. is. So Roxy will go and hop up on the bed with her, and she'll smell it, and she'll kind of look around, <laughs> and then she'll then she'll get up and like walk and find me and like, you know, there's a there's something strange smelling like, on my what bed. Kind right? Of dog is this? What did you get? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh,
1: Roxy loves are. her though that's so good Roxy the rabbit Roxy and I uh, love rabbit. that she
0: loves Zoe she does
1: oh they can be their
0: like buddies I know. that's so cute like don't get too close uh, Roxy, <laughs> I don't think Zoe is much longer but you don't know you never know you never know I, I just need to let her befriend let Roxy befriend one of the tor- the torts because oh. they'll live forever yeah 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 they're gonna live forever for sure yeah oh yeah all right. Well, this was a fun one, and um, hopefully LSU has a, a better game than they had last weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed. Come on, Brian Kelly. <laughs> All right, well, Sarah. Do you have anything you want to add? Um, anything? I s- the house is now doing brunch.
1: Yeah, and we got a liquor license, so we're serving cocktails and everything. Yay. We've got a- y'all won't y'all this episode is going to be released after the fact but we're having our halloween hop tomorrow yeah. so i'm pretty huh. excited about that i love that
0: yeah it's our That's little awesome. trick-or-treat thing in central square so i'm, I'm probably gonna bring the caveman yeah around in this stroller too. it's fun okay well we will see y'all tomorrow or next week bye guys